Welcome to the All in the Homeschool Day podcast, where we discuss all aspects of homeschooling so you feel equipped and ready to homeschool with confidence and joy. In today's episode, we will be taking a look at how you can make decisions that are right for your homeschool. It's really hard when we talk to others and look at everything online and try to decide what's really going to work for our children, what's going to work for our family. Well, today I want to help you create a decision-making framework so that you can make decisions with confidence and know that they are the right ones for your family. If you've already written your homeschool mission statement and feel confident in the decisions that you're making, I would encourage you to share this episode with someone you know who is struggling to make these decisions. And if you are one who has not written your your homeschool mission statement yet and you would like to gain confidence as a homeschool teacher, keep listening. We'll start off by talking about the reasons why you should have a homeschool mission statement and how beneficial I found it to be in our homeschool. And then I'll walk you through the six questions that you can answer so that you can write your own homeschool mission statement. Now, don't worry, you do not need to write all of these down. You can find these on my blog at triumphantlearning.com forward slash homeschool mission statement. And you'll be able to find all of the questions there so you can just listen and not have to worry about writing them down. So let's dive in and get started with why you would even want to write a homeschool mission statement. Well, the most obvious answer is that it will guide your decisions. I call our homeschool mission statement my decision-making framework. The same is true for our family mission statement, and actually the two go hand in hand, and some of the decisions that I make for our, our homeschool are influenced by our family's mission statement. They're very similar and interconnected, but we're going to focus specifically on your homeschool mission statement today. When I think about changes that I'm considering making, such as which curriculum we want to use, or if I'm considering if we want to join a co-op or other activity, even as simple as should we finish this book that no one is enjoying, I can refer back to my mission statement. And if my answer aligns with the goals and objectives that I've already outlined, then I'll know that that's the right decision for us. And if it doesn't align, then I just say, it's okay, I'm moving on. Now, as you make decisions that are right for your homeschool, that line up with your homeschool mission statement, you will be more confident. I have had moms and dads ask me often, how can you make that decision so quickly? How can you be confident to know that that's the right decision for you? Because whenever we were having uh, conversations and discussions about curriculum or activities or you know, how my children were progressing. And I have one who is a gifted learner and you can learn more about how you can help your gifted learner. I'll leave a link to that post in the show notes and you can help your struggling learner. I have one of those too. So I kind of straddle both of those spectrums in that I'm constantly having to evaluate what we're doing and decide if this is right for my child because the what is recommended for the average child does not work in my homeschool. 
And I always answer, well, it's because I know the goals and the objectives that I have for our homeschool, what I want us to accomplish. And so I make my decisions in light of that, and I know that that's the right decision. Some examples for you include when I was choosing books for my children when we were reading uh, history when they were younger, I could not use the recommended resources that a lot of my friends were using. The books came recommended from highly reputable publishers and blogs that I followed. They were sources that aligned with my homeschool philosophy. We generally follow the Charlotte Mason philosophy, and these books lined up with that. They were considered living books for most of, um, by most standards, and yet we could not read them. They were too graphic or too intense for my daughter. My daughter is uh, a gifted learner who has some sensitivities. And so she would read these books, internalize that, and then it would create anxiety and angst for her because the content was intense. And she uh, just took that on as she was processing it. And I have friends who have used these exact books and their children had no problems with it. My friend has a home, different homeschool, different children than I do. So I had to make decisions that were right for my children. Another example is that my struggling learner took her a long time to read. You can learn more about that on the struggling learner post, but she did not read uh proficiently and confidently until she was about 11. That school year that she turned 11 was a huge improvement for her and we saw big strides. But until that time, it was hard for us. I had to figure out how to present the material in a way that would not hold her back and hinder her and yet would not have a negative impact on her confidence. So I had to make decisions about curriculums we were using, about books we were reading, even about how to implement a Charlotte Mason philosophy in our home when I had a sensitive learner and a struggling learner and some of the strategies and methods that she recommends, that Charlotte Mason recommends and that work for many, many homeschools did not work for us in the exact way that it was presented. So by knowing what I wanted to achieve and knowing my children, I was able to then take the essence of the curriculum or the philosophy, the method, whatever situation I was looking at, I could take the best of it and apply it in a way that met my children's needs. And I did not need to worry about how I was doing that. I could have conversations with friends who were using the same methods, who were using the same books and say, you know what, that doesn't work for us, but I did it this way and that worked really well. So your homeschool will not look like anybody else's homeschool because one of the benefits of homeschooling is that we can provide that customized education for our children. And as you do that and you make decisions of how to provide that customized education, if those decisions are based on 
a set of goals and objectives that you have already outlined, you will be more confident. That's why I call our homeschool mission statement our decision-making framework, because I can look at that and I know how to make a decision. Now, the third reason that you should consider writing a homeschool mission statement is that it will encourage you on difficult days. I don't know about you, but there have been days I have watched the yellow school bus drive by when my children were in elementary school, as well as now that my children are in middle school and high school. And I think, wow, this is one of those days that it might be nice if they were on that bus. But I only think about that for a few seconds because the reality is I know they are in the right place. I know my children. I know their strengths and their weaknesses. And I know that we are providing for them an education that is equipping them and helping them to um, capitalize on their strengths, to shore up their weaknesses. My children have told me multiple times how grateful they are that we homeschool because they recognize the challenges that they would have in a traditional school uh, classroom. So on those days when I watch the yellow school bus drive by and I think, oh, wouldn't it be nice? I then can turn my thoughts to, yes, it'd be nice, But you know, there are different challenges if they were in school. We would still be facing challenges. It would just be different. And I would have less control over how we approach the situations. So I can remind myself why we're homeschooling. One of the questions that I answer in our homeschool mission statement is, why are we homeschooling? And I can know that it's to provide the education that is right for my children. So it really encourages me when we're having a difficult day and I wonder, why are we doing this? I can go back and say, oh yes, I do know why. So those are the three reasons why you should have a homeschool mission statement. It will guide your decisions. It will help you be more confident as a homeschool teacher and it will provide encouragement on difficult days. So Now that you know why you should write it, let's dive into how you should write your homeschool mission statement. Now, I want to first preface this by saying that you will not be able to write this in one sitting. How long or how fast it takes you to write it will depend on a number of things. When my husband and I sat down to write our homeschool mission statement, we had... Um, been considering homeschooling for a number of years when our oldest was in uh, preschool. And so by the time we sat down to write it, I had actually been doing a lot of reading about educational philosophies. I had been thinking a lot about why we wanted to homeschool, what we wanted our homeschool to look like, uh, what objectives we wanted to achieve. My husband had been talking to, to other homeschool parents and kind of pondering this also. We'd been having conversations along the way. So when we sat down to write it, we were able to finish it in a weekend. We had taken a weekend away and uh, this was one of the things that we were going to accomplish on that weekend. Now, if you are just starting out and you have not had the benefit of uh, doing a lot of reading or having discussions about it already, it may take you a little longer and that's okay. 
I would encourage you to start by just answering the questions as best as you can and use that as your basis. I can guarantee that you can write out why you are homeschooling. You may refine it over the years. I know we have, but you at least have a start and take that start and revisit it later. As you continue to read, as you learn more about your children, as you learn more about educational philosophies, which we'll actually talk about in a couple of episodes, you will be able to refine your mission statement. So you can always go back and add to it, tweak it, modify it. I know our reasons for homeschooling, the foundation has not changed, but they, it has been refined in that um, we've recognized more of the benefits of why we are home educating now. So let's talk a little bit about what those six questions are for composing your homeschool mission statement. The first one is, what are your reasons for home educating? Why are you doing this in the first place? It could be as simple as you want to provide a religious education to your children. It could be that you want to have more input and more say in what they're learning and how they're learning. It could be that you are providing that customized educational experience for your children because you have a child on either end of the spectrum, whether you have a struggling learner or a gifted learner, they don't fit into that average mold. Whatever the reasons are, write those down. And like I said, you may change and modify those as you go through the years, but get your basis for starting. The second question, what are your long-term educational goals? I don't know if you've thought about this, if your children are very young, but what do you want them to achieve? What do you want them to learn? One of our goals is that they are able to be lifelong learners. We would like them to know how to learn so that they can learn on their own as they go through life. So, this could be very specific, or it could be more broad and a, a more liberal definition to that answer. The third question is, what do you consider important regarding the development of your children? If you've not done much reading about uh, child development, brain maturation, then this one may be a little more challenging for you to answer. I would highly recommend that you check out the book, Your Child's Growing Mind by Jane Healy. That was so impactful for me. I had not read much about child development before reading that book. And as I read about how my child's brain develops and how it matures, I was able to then change my perspective because I, I grew up in a public school setting. I am a very visual learner. I, I enjoyed workbooks. I enjoy that type of learning, but I've come to realize it's not right for my children in certain stages of, the de of their development. It's not right um, as the only way that they learn because both of my daughters prefer other methods also. So just learning about how the brain develops allowed us to answer this question of what we consider important regarding the development of our children and answer it in a way that would be 
developmentally appropriate. We could talk about how we wanted to use methods of evaluation that would capture what they've learned, but in a way that allowed them to express it given their current developmental stage. The fourth question is what educational philosophies do you want to incorporate into your children's education? You may know right away which one you want to use. You may have already been reading about different educational philosophies. Write those down. Write down the aspects of that philosophy that really resonate with you. Write down what you want to incorporate, what types of methods you want to use. If you don't know, then it's fine to skip this for now. Just Use that question as a way to become more aware of that as you are reading, as you are uh, reading other blogs or books or listening to podcasts, as you're talking to your friends, you'll realize that you start to pick up threads of educational philosophies and educational methods when you start being aware of it. You'll start realizing how... um, Different curriculums are influenced by different philosophies. Like I said when we first started, you do not have to answer all of these questions right away. Just use them kind of as that guiding principle and that starting point. Now, the fifth question I think is very important, especially if you are either pulling your children out of a school setting or if you are coming from a traditional traditional public-private school setting yourself and wanting to homeschool your children. It is how will you evaluate learning? We are so accustomed to taking tests. Teachers now especially have such a pressure to teach to the test because that is how so much is evaluated. And it makes sense. Most of the tests that come with the textbooks and that our children would take in a school setting are objective. You can evaluate, did they get this answer right or wrong? And that can be helpful in some situations. And definitely they need to learn how to take those tests at some point. My daughter actually just took the PSAT. And so she had to spend several months learning how to take a test. There's an art to taking a test, but it may not measure what they actually learned. A test with an objective question is asking, did you learn this material? Whereas if we were to broaden that and use a more narrative style, an essay style question, such as you would find using oral and later written narrations, you would learn what your child learned, not what they did not learn. You would learn what they connected with, what they found important in the reading or the material. By default, you will also learn what they did not learn because they won't talk about what they didn't get. They're only going to tell you what they did learn. And you can use that information to then modify your lessons or add something in if you think that they missed a key point that you really want them to understand. Now, I am not saying that you have to use the subjective measure such as narration, and I'll leave a link for you in the show notes of how you can learn more about narration. 
But what I am saying is think about how you want to test. Do you want to only use objective tests? Do you want to use primarily subjective essay type evaluations? Or do you want to go somewhere in between so that your child is getting a little bit of both and you are helping them to develop both of those skills simultaneously? There's not a right or wrong answer to this, but it's helpful to think through it because then you can know, for example, when I get a curriculum, I can look at their evaluation methods and say, that looks great. We can use that and I'll just supplement a little bit to make sure that we're getting in some of those essay questions. Or we might have more discussions and oral narrations in the process. Or I can look at it and say, you know what? I don't like how they're evaluating at all, and so I need to make up some questions for myself. So use that as a way to guide your homeschool planning for your upcoming term so you know what, how much you need to add in and what you need to do. Now, the final question I think is very important. It, I think the First question, why are you home educating? As well as this last question of what will you consider a successful education are probably the two most important questions that you can answer on this. So if you consider a successful education to be that your child can take tests, perform well, um, know that he can get into a high-ranked college because he's able to perform well on these tests and you can show good grades, that is one measure of success. Another measure is that your child can have conversations about what he reads and have input into conversations he's having with others and pull information from various sources that he's reading. You might consider a successful education one where your child is making successive progress each and every year, even if it does not line up with standards that others put out. Think through what will you consider a successful education? Now, this question, your answer to this question may change over time. As you see your child work, as you learn more about educational philosophies and about brain development, and I mean, it could go both ways, but you need to think through this. We've had conversations with my daughter who is um, in high school thinking about college and thinking about taking those tests and what a college classroom is going to be like. We have started incorporating more objective tests into her studies, and that is causing angst for her because she uh, tends to be a little bit of a perfectionist and wants to do really well. She wants to get a good grade. And we've talked about well, what is success? Is it getting that good grade or is it doing your best? Is it performing at your highest level and knowing that you did everything that you could do? And that then translates into her college experience because I, I compared this and said, you could go into college with the mindset of you have to be in the top of your class and get the highest score possible on all of the tests and you're going to spend all of your time studying and you will not be able to pursue other interests and have that breadth of uh, experiences and activities that I know you enjoy. Or you can approach it from the perspective of you are performing at your best, you are putting in your 
100% effort and studying the way that you need to so that you can answer the, the questions on the test to the best of your ability. And then accepting whatever the score is for that, knowing that you could have put in more time and possibly gotten a better grade, but instead you were able to perform at a high level and still be a well-rounded person. And that latter is how I choose to approach life and how I'm trying to help my daughters to see the value in that. But at the same time, I want them to make that decision. I want them to decide for themselves how they want to approach it so that they are confident when they go into a test of um, if they get it back with a lower grade than they really want, are they okay with that? And if not, then they need to put in more effort to get that better grade. So they need to make that decision. Early in our homeschool journey, I had to make that decision for my children. And because I thought through that and I knew the answer that was influencing the decisions I made for our homeschool, I could then have these conversations as my daughters move into the high school years and then move out on their own. And I help them become lifelong learners. I'm helping them to effectively create their personal mission statement as a lifelong learner. Like I said, there is not a right or wrong answer to this, but knowing your answers will help you make decisions that are right for your homeschool. Like I said, all of these questions can be found on my website at triumphantlearning.com forward slash homeschool mission statement. And I'll have that linked in the show notes for you. And if you join my email list, if you subscribe through the form on that post, then you'll receive as part of the email series, a free workbook that has these six questions and space to brainstorm your answers as well as you can see what my homeschool mission statement looks like. I said in the beginning, your homeschool mission statement, your homeschool will not look like mine. It will not look like anybody else's, but there is value in not recreating the wheel. It can be hard to think through those questions. Many of those questions seem very daunting and uh, difficult to think through if you are just getting started and you've not really had an opportunity to discuss those with others. What I found helpful was reading through other people's mission statements when we were preparing our own. I had had conversations with friends. I had seen their homeschool mission statement and I could take aspects that resonated with us. I could tweak them. I could use them as they were if they fit with our uh, philosophy. Or I could say, you know what, I don't like that aspect and, and we're just leaving that there and not incorporating it. But instead, I want to incorporate this other aspect. It was a way to kind of start the creative juices flowing so that we didn't have to start with a blank page. So if you want to sign up for my email list, you will get that as part of the email series. I hope that this has been helpful for you and that you are able to write your homeschool mission statement with confidence and be able to use that as your decision-making framework. 
if you know someone who is struggling to make decisions about their homeschool, if they're just getting started or if they are trying to decide if homeschooling is right for them, I encourage you to share this episode with them. Tell them to listen and answer these questions and that will help guide their decisions and guide their choices for their homeschool. You can stay tuned in the next couple of episodes. We will be exploring a few more aspects of this. We'll be talking about learning styles and specifically what you need to know as a homeschool parent. And you'll learn about some of the strategies you can use to help your children learn more effectively. And then we'll dive into some homeschool philosophies and talk about the differences and the benefits and honestly, why that is not as important of a question to answer as these six questions that we discussed today. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.